Welcome back to our reading of Takeout. We last left our narrator in a most unsettling predicament. Is it all still just a performance? Chapter 6, The Doctor. I thought of the gun in my jacket, and only the gun as I was pulled through the halls to meet this doctor. That troubling letter said it worked, the gun. I feared I'd be forced to find out soon enough the things we do for food. Every attempt to speak I made was met with Gloria hushing me. Calm yourself, Rupert. Let us help you. Or her sister, the wine barrel, sighing at me. Rupert, don't strain yourself. The doctor loves you. All will be taken care of. They would lean in and kiss my face, telling me how they loved me as well. Their breath reeking of booze. Their expressions were both caring and devilish, frightened and drunk, insane and insaner. The smoking room was just as large as the dining room. On the far wall burned a fireplace as big as the door we entered. Standing next to the fire, somehow, was the red woman still staring at me, still unnoticed by the others. I almost cried, but it was too bizarre. The walls were lined with cigar cabinets and the hind ends of dozens of animals. Deer, elk, a lion, bears, a moose, raccoons, a pony, a giraffe, several baboons, and even little mice. They all seemed to just be hanging, like none of them were dead or stuffed. Just stuck in the wall. A bunch of animal asses. The ladies walked me to a chair in the center of the room and took rest on the sofa next to me. The chair was incredibly comfortable. My mind was not. The old man walked back to a liquor cabinet and started making drinks. My eyes were fixed on the red woman, my mind searching for the words to get me on my way home. With the money, of course. All of this work, there was no way I was going to leave without it. Just as I was about to speak up, I saw something move. A lion's leg kicked a bit, or at least it looked like it. No one seemed to react but me. Was it just stress, I wondered. I refused any thoughts of insanity and focused hard on my takeout. The glory that was my Kung Pao treasure was more than worth any mental damage I was going to or had already endured. No one really spoke while we waited for the doctor. Drinks were handed out from the old man and all eyes were on me. Everyone rose their glasses and toasted to Rupert. I tossed mine over my shoulder as the rest drank. I held on to my hunger as a good sign. Maintaining an appetite through it all kept me thinking good things could still lay ahead for me. Then he arrived. The doctor was a big man, an American. His heavy footsteps echoed into the room long ahead of his entrance. The doors opened and he rolled into the room carrying a small black bag. A rusted stethoscope hung around his neck, bouncing off his round chest as he rushed my way. Shirt soaked in sweat, he didn't slow down until he was directly in front of me. His face leaned into my view, almost pushing my eyes into my skull. Running a handkerchief across his slick forehead, he smiled a big smile as he huffed and puffed. 
Rupert, my boy, it's it's been a long time. Charlie tells me you're seeing the demon again. I sat up in protest, pointing in the air with my words to assert my position on the matter, assuring them I wasn't seeing any demon. It was just a little confusion at the dinner table, I told them. The red woman was smiling in my peripheral vision, but I refused to look away from the dock. The big, sweaty beast looked to be just shy of 300 pounds. He had a patchy goatee and dirty glasses. Most of his face was dirty. Bits of food and strange sores covered a majority of it. He stood up straight and belted out. Well, let's just have a little look, shall we? Take off your jacket, I wanna check your blood pressure. He strained to kneel himself down, opening his bag, pulling out some medical equipment. I was trying my best to ignore the red woman who was standing just outside the circle of demented drunks that had surrounded me. I tried my best not to tremble as I said I'd prefer to leave the jacket on. I was thinking of the gun. The doctor, still kneeling, looked at me over his glasses as he asked, Is it the demon? Is it she who's telling you to leave the jacket on? His question pulled the others in towards me. I felt like a child surrounded by worried parents. Sweat was pouring from my skin in every way imaginable. Through the wall of freaks I could see her, staring me down and smiling. They must see her, I thought. This had to be a practical joke. Attempting to ease their concern, I slipped my tongue in the wrong direction, saying, No, I'm just cold is all. She hasn't said a word all night. I heard what I said too late, and I fell into myself as the room filled with a loud gasp. A preemptive tremor shook through my soul as my life prepared to flash before my eyes. I was had. I was surrounded. I was done for. The group was shocked, looking at one another, looking at me, mumbling to each other like gossiping teenagers. Out of the doctor's bag came a needle. He stood quick with a huff, his fat thumb pushed at the end of the wet dagger, a frightening liquid spewing out of its horrifying tip. The group stepped closer. The doctor stepped closer, his grin twisting to the right. Don't worry, Rupert. We'll get that devil witch out of your head once and for all. I jumped to my feet kicking the chair away and pulling out the revolver, waving it around the wasted faces with a growl. The gun pushed them back as I cocked the hammer. Making sure to keep everyone in my sight, I shouted, Stay back! I don't want to have to use this, but I will. With a deep breath, I tamed my trembling hand and demanded, Now someone give me my fifty dollars and I'll be on my way. Gloria stepped forward as her sister hid behind her. Her eyes hung like stoned puppies as she pleaded. Rupert, darling, don't be afraid. We are going to help you. I stood stiff and extended the gun steady, eye to eye with Gloria. I chewed out with a controlled wrath. Listen to me, mutant. I'm not Rupert, and this charade has gone on long enough. I have delivered your old memory, so this freak show is over. Now pay me and let me leave. Gloria took another step forward. I stood my ground, 
For some reason, I felt like showing my teeth would help hold them back. So I did. Like a dog you shouldn't pet, I let my fangs shine. The doctor made a move. I swung the gun, stopping him in his tracks. Showed him my teeth. Gloria cried out, Rupert, please, can't you see the demon has you confused? This is your estate. You have all the money here. My gun swung back to her, my teeth shining bright. The old man moved. My gun swung to him. I growled. The doctor coughed. My gun swung back to him. I barked. My gun was swinging around like I was swatting flies. Everyone stop moving. I finally shouted. The group had spread. I lost sight of the little guy and it was too late. A loud shriek came from behind as Charlie's queer hooks wrapped around me. His grip bit down with a furious hunger. Everyone was squawking. Birds swarming a defenseless french fry, the group pushed in for the gun, and so I fired off a round that sent the freak show scattering away in a panic. Spinning about, trying to shake the miniature man from my back, I strained to keep the group in sight. The doctor ran for the door. My pretend sisters hid behind the sofa. The red woman was nowhere in sight. The old man, too, was lost. And Charlie, that little abnormality, was chewing my ear off. I could feel the blood run down my neck as he gnawed a piece of me clean off. Pain melted out past my lips, and I could feel the building shake under my voice. I bent my knees and leapt into the air, falling onto my back, crushing Charlie under my weight. His grip gave way as we crashed. A painful exhale blew his dentures from his mouth. They went sliding out across the floor along with half of my ear stuck in them. I coughed up to my feet and spun around, pointing the gun at the tiny cannibal. The fall knocked him unconscious. Seeing the blood around his mouth stung at the pain in my ear. I had never felt desperation like I was feeling then. I heard the clatter of the old man's cans coming my way and I spun around firing the gun on reflex. The bullet hit the old man in the chest, dropping him to the ground with a bloody yelp. It didn't feel real. My pretend sisters both stood up from behind the sofa with their arms in the air, begging for me to put the gun down. Still calling me Rupert. Shut up, I said. I'm not Rupert, you lunatics. The obese woman had lost her wig. She was balder than a bowling ball, and her forehead was nearly as tall as her face was wide. I had had it. My mind was breaking. I proclaimed with authority I was done with their nonsense. I was running the show. I took charge, demanding the money, demanding it now. If only my Kung Pao could witness the lengths I was going through to enjoy its company. Maybe it could. Gloria wept with her arms out and begged, Rupert, I don't have any money. You're sick and need help. I hadn't the patience to argue. It was clear to me there was no intention of paying me. Survival was the game. Just get away from these creatures and don't look back. I threw my arms in the air, exhausted with it all. To hell with you, I yelled. I ran out of the room with a sense of relief so profound I cried and laughed all at once. The freedom I felt held me like an old fable holds hope of your future with its wholesome morals. As I fled, I remember thinking, where the fuck's the front door? Running, running, running. Our narrator's evening just seems to be getting worse. Will they find their way home? Will they ever get paid for all their efforts? What happened to the hammer? We shall find out in our next chapter. Until then, 
Farewell, listeners.